Welcome everyone to the Inspired Choices Radio Show. I'm your host, Christine McIver. For today's show, we are speaking with Marilyn Bradford. And Marilyn's going to be speaking about addictions and the holidays and what else is possible to create more ease in our holidays. I would like to introduce myself a little bit more, tell you a little bit about myself. I'm a possibility coach, a certified access consciousness facilitator, and I'm someone who enjoys working with individuals to create the living and loving they desire with all the possibilities available in the universe. My programs assist you in bringing more possibilities to actualization. Are you ready to claim what you desire? Connect with me to learn more. I do charge for this, but the first five minutes is always free to you. So ask yourself, what are you ready for now, and what mystery would you like to unravel? You can connect with me at inspiredchoices.ca or on Facebook at Inspired Choices, Inc. So addiction and the holidays. Do you dread the pressure of the holidays? Do you find yourself reverting back to old dysfunctional behaviors and roles when you visit your family? What if you could navigate the holidays with much more ease? What if you could actually enjoy them? Marilyn Bradford is an international speaker, psychotherapist, and teacher who has worked in the field of addiction for over 20 years. She is the creator of Right Recovery for You, a radical and unique approach to ending any addictive or compulsive behavior. It was her own addictions to alcohol, food, and the wrongness of self, and her unwillingness to accept addiction as a life sentence that led her to creating this transformative and very different program. While searching for alternatives, she was introduced to Access Consciousness. Here she found pragmatic tools and techniques that she could use to empower herself and others to move beyond the limiting belief systems that prevail. Seeing the vast improvement in her psychotherapy addiction clients she came, that came from using these tools, she approached Gary Douglas, the founder of Access Consciousness, and together, together they founded Recovery for You. Marilyn now travels the world offering others a chance for true freedom from addiction. So without further ado, I want to welcome Marilyn. Marilyn, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Christine. I've been looking forward to this all week. (laughs) How does it get any better than that? (laughs) We are going to have a dynamic show, and if you don't already know, we have got the, the lines are open and available for your calls. So you can call in from the U.S. at 815-880-8255. If you're in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at a2zen.fm. So Marilyn, let's talk a little bit about you and how you got started with this work. I I kind of alluded to it a little bit in the introduction, but why don't we hear your words on on how you really got moving in this direction? Okay, absolutely, because it didn't spring from nothing. It actually came from my years and years, both in therapy as a therapist and in traditional treatment programs. As you read, I had my own issues with alcohol, also with cigarettes and eating disorder, and I was, quote, diagnosed as an alcoholic. And I went to traditional treatment and I went to the traditional STEP program. At the same time, I was having all these addiction clients and going, well, wait a minute, I just don't feel that powerless. Okay, I get it, kind of, 
And I'm happy that I'm not drinking, and I never had a problem with not drinking once I got into, quote, the program. But I, I sure had a problem with the ideas that alcoholism was a disease, that I was powerless, um, that only a power greater than myself could change things. And these were the things I grappled with for literally about 14, 15 years until I found, and I tried everything I could find, um, women's first sobriety and rational emotive therapy for addiction and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I got a little bit from each of them, but everything seemed to be just about managing the symptoms. And it's like that, you know what, I'm sorry, that doesn't work for me. I want more than managing the symptoms. I want to know that I can end this, and I want to empower other people to do the same. And that's one of the biggest differences right there, is empowering people to know that they can change and choose what they would like to do with their addictive behavior. I don't even say you need to stop. I say, what's your target? Because mm -hmm. if you begin to use the tools of right recovery, which are Many, many access tools combined with all the years that I had in working with people with all kinds of addictions, then people begin to gain back all the parts and pieces of themselves that they've actually denied or diminished because they were unacceptable, you were too loud, you were too curious, you were too this, you were, oh gosh, I don't fit in at all, okay, I guess I'm really wrong. And what I found is that People would go into this wrongness of themselves, into this judgment of themselves, and they would be so beaten down and diminished that the only thing that seemed to help them feel better and the only way they could escape both all the self-judgment and the overwhelming awarenesses that they were having was to go to some kind of addictive behavior. So this, the Right Recovery for You program, turns all that upside down. It, it informs people with accurate information about things like, you're hyper-aware. You're psychic. You take on everybody's thoughts, feelings, and emotions. You don't have to do anything with them, and we use tools with that. And also a huge part is coming out of the judgment of self, reclaiming the power and potency that you've been denying for so long. And as people do that, it's not even about making the target of addiction the problem. It's, as one client said, who came in originally for, quote, alcoholism, after we did this work for a while, he, and this is about six months, he's like, wow, Marilyn, I just realized I haven't even thought about alcohol in three weeks. And I used to think about it every hour. He said, I have so much more of me, and I'm having so much more fun in my life, and I feel so potent. Why would I want to go get drunk? So it's, it's really about empowering people, and that is a very short version of it. But... Okay. Uh, to get to the holiday stuff, I, I didn't want to spend too much time on that. The other thing that I want to say, and we'll be getting into that when we get into the tips, is that addiction shows up in way more ways than people think. People tend to think that it's about alcohol and drugs and relationship. and mm -hmm. but It's much, it, it's anything can be an addictive behavior, because it's not about the alcohol or the drugs or the cigarettes or the relationship. It's about what you use to escape from the pain of everyday life, from life that seems confusing or overwhelming or unhappy or nobody gave you the rule book. So it can be things like uh, 
and and these are these are part of things that people addictions that show up with the holiday season. Like you can be addicted to being the peacemaker for everyone. Right. You can be addicted to overgiving or overdoing for people. You can be addicted to criticism. I had mm-hmm. a relative addicted to criticism. You can be addicted to so many things. It shows up in so many other ways than just the traditional ways. So that's part of, and I, you know, I have a little note to myself. There's nothing like the holidays to bring out all of our <laughs> So, Marilyn, this is what's coming into my mind right now. You're actually answering my questions without me having to ask them. But I do have one question. If, if, if addictions can show up in many, many different ways, how would you define knowing that what you're doing is an addiction? That's a great question. Okay. So I'm going to use alcohol as an example because it's an easy one to, to, people are familiar with it. What I find with addiction is there's use, abuse, and addiction. So use is just using a, a behavior or a substance in an appropriate manner. Like, oh, you know, we're having a nice dinner out. I'd like to have a glass of wine. Or we're skiing and we come in and it's cold and blizzardy and you're sitting in front of the fire. Would you like a hot toddy? Yeah, that would be a nice addition to my life, to being present with what we're doing. It's always, use is always an addition to your life. It's never in place of. Okay. Abuse is when you're aware that you are using something rather than dealing with something. But you're quite aware of it. It's like, okay, I know that I really ought to deal with the fact that my son got in trouble at school again, and now he's crying, and my wife is upset. But you know what? I just can't deal with that right now. I'm going to go have a stiff drink and give myself a break. So you're using the stiff drink to basically not think about not deal with something. So so it's avoidance? It's avoidance. Yeah, it's avoidance, and it's just, okay, I, how did a friend of mine describe it? I, gosh, I can't remember. My, my, the thought left the station, you know, the train left. But um, <laughs> <laughs> basically, essentially, it's like, okay, I just need to step out of life for a while, and I want to just go blotto. I right. want to not have to be aware, and I'm aware that I'm choosing not to be aware. And you can do it through alcohol, but you can just as easily do it by calling up your friend who's who's addicted to trauma drama and spend an hour talking to them about all of their problems. So we could use we could use cleaning the house obsessively. We could use um, exercising. Any of these things where they're having us avoid an awareness. Pieces, yeah, it, and then that's that can be considered an addiction. Well, that's considered abuse. Okay. You're still at what you perceive of as choice. Okay. Addiction is when you perceive, and it's never really true, but it appears to be true, and believe me, I've been there, that you actually don't have choice but to engage in the behavior in a way that pretty much it takes you away from being present and from your life for at least a fairly extended amount of time on a regular basis. You feel compelled to do it. Okay. So I'll, let me go with marijuana because I can give you an example with that. It's like, because we actually create this. Um, 
And what we end up doing is imbuing the behavior or the substance or the activity with characteristics and powers that we've decided we don't have. So suppose you have to go see your mother-in-law and you really don't get along with her. And you're like, oh, my God, I don't want to go see Mary Beth. Oh. You go, well, you know what, I think I'm going to smoke a joint. And so you smoke a joint, and then you go see Mary Beth, and it's like, man, that was better. Okay. So a week goes by, and it's like, oh, i got to go see Mary Beth. Oh, well, I'll smoke a joint. Okay, cool. And then gradually, every time you go see Mary Beth, you have to smoke a joint. You've decided that that's the only way it can be okay. And then there's this very subtle process of, well, if smoking a Mary joint, uh, smoking a joint makes it okay for me to be with Mary Beth, and smoking a joint can make it okay for me to handle any stressful situation. And what you end up doing is you end up imbuing, as I said, the the process or the substance of the behavior with having a characteristic, the capacity to handle your anxiety and to take you out of your awareness, because it always does take you out of being present, takes you out of your awareness, and you actually advocate your awareness, your talents and abilities, your power and potency to this substance or process. Does that make sense? It does. I've never in all my years being around addiction and abuse, I've never heard it articulated that way. It's so lovely to understand it, and I'm sure that it will be helping our listeners as well. Okay, so we have a number of callers on the line. We're going to take a two-minute break. We're going to be right back, and we're going to start answering some of these calls and get to the nine tips. I'm sure they'll start coming out maybe in different ways, Marilyn. So if you will all just hold on, stick with us. We're going to be back in just a moment. Again, if you would like to call in, the number is 815-880-8255 in the U.S., Canada 613-800-8736, or you can always Skype, it, Skype us at a2zen.fm. And we will be right back. You're listening to A2ZenFM, life-altering talk radio. Anything from activism to zen and everything in between, right here and now. Informative, inspiring, engaging. Our hosts provide you with the global news and educated advice you need to make a difference in your life, in your world. Knowledge is power. A2Zen.fm We welcome your phone call, your questions, and comments. Please call now, 815-880-TALK. Come on, what's stopping you? 815-880-8255. You can Skype us for free from anywhere. Just add us to your Skype. A2Zen.fm is our Skype name. Or you can find the logo and click on it on our website. Call now at 815-880-TALK. Chat soon. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Inspired Choices radio show and I have my wonderful guest, Marilyn Bradford, here today, and we're talking about addiction and the holidays. So we're going to jump right over to our first caller and get up the question. Welcome. Who am I speaking with today? Hello? <laughs> Hello, who do I have on the line with us? I 
cannot hear anyone. Marilyn, can you hear? <laughs> I couldn't hear anyone, no. Can you hear me? I've unmuted the caller at 403. Okay. I'm going to put them back on mute and we'll maybe bring them back in. I'll try another caller. Hello. Who do I have with us on the line today? Anyone there? (laughs) I wonder something. I don't know. Um, We're at the 760. Maybe they're just listening. Okay, I'm going to try another caller. Isn't this fun learning new things? Technology is always so so kind. (laughs) Hello, welcome to the call. What is your name? Okay. I am not sure what's going on, Marilyn. So, Marilyn, why don't we jump right into the questions or the um, the tips for our listeners today? Let's go into the tips because I have yeah I have a feeling maybe there's something technologically going on. But um, so the first tip is to be aware of all of the places you tend to slip into addictive or compulsive behavior. And once again, for many, many people, it's with the alcohol or the overeating. Um, Overspending is another one. Uh, You want to be aware because the holidays create enormous stress for people. Here's the thing. For all of us growing up, or I would would bet for 98% of us growing up, there was a lot of stress around the holidays when we were children. Are we going to get the good presents? But not just that, the stress in our parents of, oh, my gosh, I have so much to do, I have too much to do, and can I afford to do this, and we're overspending, and we should be here. The stress of you should be happy. It's Christmas. Why aren't you happy? Mm. So all of this kind of thing. The stress of you're supposed to be nice to your Aunt Sally. It's not okay to say, I hate her gut. She's really weird. Um, you're supposed to be nice to everybody. You're supposed to be on your best behavior. So there's an, and you're supposed to be a good little girl or a good little boy and help your daddy and be nice to your sister and help your mommy and all of that. So there is all of the stress that nobody talks about really with the holidays mm-hmm. because we're happy and enjoying ourselves and it's supposed to be the best time of the year. But what happens to people is that while they may have left that behind as an adult, you know, they're now a coach or they're working in a bank or they have a, a business um, of any kind, a store or whatever it is, you know, and they're functioning beautifully. But holidays require most of us to go back home to our families or in some way connect. And as soon as you do, you're apt to fall right back into that stress and those roles. It's like you can leave your office at age 42 and an hour later or an airplane trip later, you enter your family's home at age six. Hmm. You can just be aware of that and be aware because awareness is the key to so much of us. This is true with right recovery. So much of addiction is about cutting off our awareness. So if you're willing to be aware of, oh, I'm slipping back into the peacemaker role in my family. That may be the role you had. That may be your holiday addiction. I'm slipping back into the trauma drama of my family. I'm slipping back. Okay, you know, and why am I bringing that up? Because 
once you're really aware that it's just a role and or an addictive behavior that comes up in the holidays, you can begin to change it. Okay. So once we're aware, how do we begin to change that role? Okay. Question is key, and question is key in access. Question is key in right recovery. So suppose you find yourself in the peacemaking role. Mom is yelling at Dad, and Dad is yelling at your brother, and what you're used to doing is jumping in and saying, okay, you know, hey, you know, you run to one person, you go, it really, Dad didn't mean anything by that, and you, you placate them. You can begin to ask questions and say, okay, if I wasn't running around trying to be the peacemaker, what else could I choose? Am I willing to allow these people to have the choice of being disruptive with one another? What would actually, and this is a great one, what would actually be kind to me in this situation? Do I need to leave? Do I need to um, call up a friend and get a little processing? What would actually bring ease to me in this situation? And am I willing to have my family's anger that I'm not stepping into my old role? And there's no right or wrong answers to any of these things. Hmm. It's simply but in the the process of asking questions disrupts addictive behavior because addiction is an answer and a solution to a perceived problem. And questions are basically the antithesis, the destroyer of answers and solutions. Questions open up possibilities. So when you find yourself doing any of those things, and actually one of the reasons we're having this call now is because you can begin to look at, now what roles do I normally fall into? What addictions do I normally have? Am I an overdoer? Because there's a great addiction to overdoing that shows up in the holidays. I'm going to keep my regular job. I'm going to take care of all the decorating, buy all the presents, and I'm going to make a meal that's 47 people. (laughs) Oh, I've never done that, Marilyn, never. Whoever having done that, Christine. So you can begin to go, okay, so what what would actually work for me if I don't go into my overdoing addiction of having to please everybody, of having to put the most money in when eight of us go out to lunch? If I don't go into that, what other choices would I have? And what would actually be fun for me? So once again, as long as you go into asking questions, you can create something different. And uh, But the first step is actually recognizing what you're doing that's not working for you. Perfect. So does that make sense there? Absolutely makes sense. It's just, I'm, you know, when I grew up in a very large family and, um, you know, we had alcoholism and drugs in my family and I played the role of the peacekeeper. And I was the codependent, and I was the person that was doing all this. And I never thought that that was an addiction. And yeah. and I can see today, I can see, you know, I've changed a lot of my choices around that, but I can see now how I was very much in all of that. And uh, I'm grateful to have this information now because I'm going to even get even more clarity. And I'm sure there's lots of our listeners that are thinking about the individuals in their family that possibly are having these same different types of roles. So what do we do when we are um, when we are having that conversation with ourselves, when we're judging ourselves around um, the clothes that don't fit or the money that we don't have to buy the special Christmas clothes or 
you know, the the the, uh, the weight that we have on around Christmas. What, what would you suggest for some of our listeners around all that? Well, my last tip is give yourself one gift this Christmas, at least one, and that gift is a gift of not judging. And one of the ways to practice this is to simply practice having a judgment-free hour. Okay, I'm not going to judge myself for an hour. And when you go in front of the mirror and you go, oh, my God, I'm another inch in my butt, you know, or whatever. No, I'm sorry, I can't. You can judge. Okay, I can do that at 10 o'clock, but at 9 o'clock, I'm just going to be present and not judge. If 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 you're concerned about your body, look at your body through your pet's eyes, through your dog's eyes, or through your cat's eyes. Hmm. Or, you know, any animals. Because they operate with absolutely no... Can you imagine your wonderful dog going, well, you know what, you know, you're 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 a little bit saggier this year. They're like, hi, I'm... <laughs> because animals relate to beings. They're not relating to any kind of standards. And all judgments come from standards, and all standards are limitations that we use to lock ourselves up with. So and it, this is this I know can be a real boogaboo for people, and in fact that's why I have this whole class, Ending the Primary Addiction, Judgment and the Wrongness of Self, because we're so taught from the beginning this reality is all about judgment. You got it right, you got it wrong, you're too fat, you're too thin, you're too this, you're too that. You don't fit in, you need to change. It's like, oh, can you feel how heavy that is? Mm-hmm. Everything that is, can we destroy and create that times a godzillion? Yes, please. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot, puddle, and shorts, boys, and beyonds. So one of the keys to not judging is to realize that it's completely arbitrary. And you can, a lot of this just takes practice. But, you know, what better thing to do when, some, when your Aunt Susie's going on and on and on and on than practice? Okay. Okay, she's my Aunt Susie, and I'm judging her as being just horrible. Okay. Okay. Interesting point of view. I'm having that judgment. Now, if I looked at Aunt Susie from a complete stranger's point of view, what might they judge her as? Oh, they might judge her as just a batty old lady. Okay. And if I looked at her from a dog's point of view, what might they judge her as? I wish she'd pay attention to me and give me some food. She's not paying enough attention to me. And you can begin to look at a person, a situation, from 8, 10, 12 different points of view. And when you do that, you can't help but see that all judgments are arbitrary. If they weren't, everybody would see everything the same way. And we don't. And we don't. That's brilliant. Yeah, judgments are not truths. They're all lies. They're all arbitrary lies. They're just somebody else's point of view. Right. I often say they're like a measuring stick. Somebody just has a measuring stick that they're measuring against you. Well, not only that, but it's their measuring stick. It's not even like everybody has a measuring stick that's inches. It's like everybody has a measuring stick with different measurement things on it. Right. (laughs) Um, So, Marilyn, you you went into the clearing statement, and for some of our listeners, they may not be aware of the Access Consciousness Clearing Statement, so can you give them a a slight explanation of that? Yes, and the first thing I want to say is there is a website, theclearingstatement.com, which explains everything. Um, Basically what it is is that everything is energy, and words 
have energies. All words have energies. And most traditions, um, you know, in the beginning there was the word or, or the word created things. So we do know that words, I mean, if you call a child stupid, that has an energy to it. What the clearing statement does, and it's all short speak, right and wrong, good and bad, pock and pot, all in shorts, boys and beyonds, it stands for things like pock is point of creation and pot is point of destruction. So if I say to Christine, Christine, what was your family like growing up? She doesn't even have to say anything. That question brings up an energy. And, if, and for all your listeners, what was your family like growing up? It brings up an energy. And then I would say, everything that is, would you be willing to destroy and uncreate it? And you always have choice. You can say, no, I want to keep it, and that's fine. But most of these energies are actually energies that create limitations for you. So if I say, would you be willing to destroy and uncreate that, Christine? And she says, yes. Then I would say, right and wrong, good and bad, pock and pod. So pock would be the point of creation which is the nanosecond before she decided that that energy was what she was going to adopt to limit her, and pod, the point of destruction, which is everything that's destroyed in her life since then and her being. Right, wrong, good, bad, pod, pod, on, choice, boys, and beyond. So, as I said, if you would like a more detailed explanation, go to theclearingstatement.com. For me, it's like a car. I just want to know that it runs. I really don't want to know how it runs. <laughs> and clearing statement i've been using it for years i know that it works i can't tell you why i just know that it works it's like a vacuum cleaner for limitations <laughs> that's excellent okay we're going to take a quick break and we're going to continue on with our great call with marilyn bradford so stay tuned to inspired choices radio and we will be taking your calls when we return you're listening to a to zen fm Life-altering talk radio. Anything from activism to Zen and everything in between, right here and now. Informative, inspiring, engaging. Our hosts provide you with the global news and educated advice you need to make a difference in your life, in your world. Knowledge is power. A2Zen.fm we welcome your phone call, your questions, and comments. Please call now, 815-880-TALK. Come on, what's stopping you? 815-880-8255. You can Skype us for free from anywhere. Just add us to your Skype. A2Zen.fm is our Skype name. Or you can find the logo and click on it on our website. Call now at 815-880-TALK. Chat soon. You're listening to Inspired Choices Radio Show with Christine McIver, and Marilyn Bradford is my special guest today, and we are talking about addiction and the holidays. If you would like to connect with Marilyn Bradford, you can do so at Marilyn Bradford uh, on Facebook. Where else, Marilyn, may connect with you? Uh, on your access page? Access page, and I'm happy to get emails. Just Marilyn Bradford at me, like Marilyn, dot com. So Marilyn Bradford at me dot com. If people want to email me, that's fine too. Excellent. And if you're listening today and you would like to get the tips that we're going to be going through very quickly, you can email me Christine at inspiredchoices.ca, and I will email them out to you, and you will have them for the holidays and see what else you can change in your world. 
So, Marilyn, before we get into the tips, let's just talk about the event that you're going to be um, facilitating coming up in January. Uh, Marilyn and I actually met just this past August when we were at our facilitator training in Costa Rica. And Marilyn put on an event, uh, a taster of basically what she's sharing with us today. And I sat in the front row with my jaw dropped and I said, I need to bring this person to Canada. (laughs) So Marilyn's coming up to Burlington, Ontario, Canada, which is just about a half an hour outside of Toronto. And she's going to be putting on these events. So, Marilyn, why don't you go through the three classes that you're going to be facilitating for us? Okay. I And I'm thrilled to be coming. And Christine gave me a great tip, which is that you can actually fly into Buffalo, which is much cheaper if you don't want to fly into Toronto and take a bus or rent a car or do various ways to get over the uh, international Order. line from the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> I like those things. I'm like, oh, give me the coupon. Yeah, that sounds like that. <laughs> <laughs> but way to do it. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I am so excited about coming. I really am because I love the stuff, and I love what how quickly and rapidly people can change with accurate information and tools. Mm. So I'm going to be doing an intro, and I believe that is that the night of the tenth. Yes. Yeah, called Hocus Pocus Mental Diagnosis, and it will be. Uh, intro with a little bit about right recovery in general and a lot about how we box people up, the insanity of the mental health systems that we currently have. And as a psychotherapist, I, I started being a practicing psychotherapist in 1991, so I have like 22 years. And while I deal with enormous amounts of people with addictions, I also deal with depression and bipolar and, you know, relationship issues and all of these things. And it's it's never that well with me that, oh, well, you're just depressed. You have a disease. No, wait a minute. Let's look at this differently. Let's relate to the person. Let's ask these questions <coughs> and let's look at this differently. So that intro is going to be all about how we can have a different approach to mental health and how not to make people wrong, feel that they're wrong or feel that they're they're they have a disease or an illness they can't get over or, you know, feel that they're somehow less than or anything like that. All this I think it's just totally bogus and bunk. So awesome. <laughs> that's the evening of the tenth. And then I'm going to be doing a one day class in in what I was talking about earlier. Ending the primary addiction, judgment and the wrongness of you because here's the thing, folks, if you have an addiction it's always going to be a secondary addiction to that. In all my years, I have yet to meet any person who has an addiction that doesn't have this primary addiction of judgment and the wrongness of self. You end that, and I'll be giving a lot of really practical tools and tips uh, and information about that. You end that, the other addictions go away. Because mm-hmm. if you didn't have this pain of judging yourself and feeling wrong all the time, would you need to escape? So, so Marilyn, how long have you been doing the Right Recovery for You classes? Um, I think it's about seven years. I'm really bad on time, on times, you know. <laughs> the, but pretty much, almost from the first year, I got into access because okay. I began using those tools immediately with my clients. And then I said, "Hey, Gary," and he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> so it's been about seven years. And and what you've said, you've seen. 
major changes with people. How many how many people would you estimate you've been able to really impact with these new tools? Well, that's a really interesting question because this is what's been happening over the years. So in the same way I did a Right Recovery for You class at Facilitators, I did a Right Recovery, say I've been doing Right Recovery for You classes for six or seven years. Say I do a class for 30 people. I'll get these emails that say things like, I've been playing the recording of the class at night and my son has given up drugs. Now that's pretty dramatic. And I'm not saying that happens all the time, but I was like, whoa. What else is possible? What else is possible? Yeah, or I've taken these tools and tips and taught them to my husband and he's really changing and turning around so the thing that i find with right recovery because it's so much about empowering people with information and tools that it has this kind of domino effect um so it goes out to all of the people who take the class they share it with the people that they know and they share it with and i sometimes i get these emails from you know, my second cousin, June, twice removed, her best friend took your class three years ago and just gave me the CD, and this has changed everything for me. Because once again, it's not, you know, it's not that I need to be your guru and teacher. It's that it's helpful to have these tools and this information and this completely different way of approaching addiction. I've actually got a book coming out, and I'm not for sure when it's going to come out, but I've just okayed the layout which I think is pretty far along in the process. Um, I mean, all of the, everything else is done. Uh, but I have a whole chapter. The first chapter is on myths and lies of addiction in this reality, and that's one of the things that locks people up, hmm. is that believe all these myths and lies. So anyway. That's cool. So that day. We, and then <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, we're doing, Sunday we're doing Are You Eating to Live or Living to Eat? second day is uh, are you eating to live or living to eat? And this is not just about people who've decided that they're overweight or anything like that. It's really about what is your relationship with your body and what is your relationship with food? And are you at ease with both of those things? Hmm. Because, you know, I would have people, and, I, and I've done this both as a live class. I just did one in Ireland. And as I've done a couple of telecalls with it. And I will ask people in the beginning, What's your target? And most people say lose weight or, you know, just I I don't know what to do with food. And by the end, if I say, well, what did you get from the class? And they'll say things like, well, I lost a little bit of weight, like if it's a, you know, a a 10-week teleseries or 8-week teleseries. But the thing that I really got is I have so much a better relationship with my body. We're enjoying each other. Mm. and, And I don't feel compulsive about anything anymore. So it's really for everyone because we this reality gives us such a distorted idea of food and our bodies and it creates separation where there should be really joy and oneness and all of that. So that's the second day. And you can take all three of them. You do one of them, you can do two of them. But anyway, I'm really looking forward to coming. Christine, I think it's going to be so much fun and I yeah. love people get these tools and change their lives. It's just awesome. Yes, I'm. I'm really very are. excited. I'm very, very excited to have you come and and see the impact that we can make here. And of course, all joking aside, um, what we've been dealing with in in Ontario with uh, with the uh, Toronto mayor and the the addictions that are going on there that is not even you know he's the public visual. visual. 
um, for everyone, but there's so many more people that are dealing with this. So we really, I, I'm excited to have you come and see what we can really create to change. So, Marilyn, we've got um, only about 15 minutes left in our call. Uh, how does time fly? So let's go through the, the tips really quickly, just give everybody an overview, and then um, they can certainly email me. Again, it's christine at inspiredchoices.ca, and I'll email those out to you right away. And it's actually quite a nice-looking PDF. It's got lots of little pictures, not just yes. like, you know, so... It's fun. It was something that I had a lot of fun doing. And actually, um, I think I'm going to jump around a little bit just because I want to make sure that I hit the ones that are really popping. Like uh, number four, Marilyn. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was looking at. Let go of your expectations. Let go of your expectations of yourself, of others for the holidays. Let go of wanting to have the perfect family. Let go of wanting to be able to make mom and dad happy, finally, after 43 years of not being able to make them happy because they don't have any interest in being happy. Um, It's it's like we, we almost have these expectations implanted into us. Let go of the idea that you should be happy. You know what? If you want to be miserable, be miserable. Get up. Christmas morning before you see everybody and have a good cry or go stomp around if that's what you feel like doing. Once again, don't judge yourself because one of the things that locks us up and sticks us with addictions is when we feel we cannot be who we are and that we should be something else and that things should be different than they are. And it's our fault somehow. I'm sure you've never gone to it's my fault, Christine. Um, <laughs> I never have. It's <laughs> right. It's our fault when things don't work out a certain way. And you'll often find families where where they actually enforce that. Well, Susie, we would have had a better Christmas if you'd just come a day earlier. You'd help mm-hmm. Sally do this. Or I mean, there's so much guilt and blame and shame. You would think there wouldn't be, but this is one of the primo times. Yes and blame and shame is the holidays. And that's another thing to just be aware of. And the the second tool is being honest with yourself. And that's an honest assessment of what your experiences have been like during the past holiday season and what they're likely to be now. You have to take charge of the holidays and not be their victim. I was working with a client today and it's a slightly variation of this, but her uh, her brother's getting married, and there's been this hullabaloo about some of the preparations and whether or not she was going to get in the wedding and what she was going to do. And all of a sudden, everybody started blaming her. Well, you're going you messed up this, and she's like, "Wow!" And and this is what tends to happen in weddings, and tends to happen during the holidays, is that just be aware. If there was blame and shame in your family holiday last year, there's probably going to be blame and shame in your family holiday this year. And what Mike was doing, the way she locked herself up, was she kept saying, I just kept expecting and hoping for the best. Oh, my goodness. I have heard the hoping for the best all of my life. Yes. Well, don't hope is the unwillingness to be aware. Oh, wow. Hope is the unwillingness to be aware. Well, I'm choosing awareness. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. You know, and that's not going, I don't want to be a downer. I don't want to, see, you know, I don't want to look at the bad stuff. Please look at the bad stuff. You know, if you get a new cat and they're just so pretty and flurry and fluffy and they, and they're, and they, you know, they love to snuggle with you and you just think, well, they're so wonderful. I won't look at the fact that they keep pooping and peeing on my pillows and, you know, tearing, <laughs> you know, at everything. Because, <laughs> really, I mean, if you're willing to look at everything, then you can prepare for it. If you know that mom or dad is going to go to blame or shame or whatever, then you go, okay, they're going to be doing that. How will I choose to react? And that's the thing to know is that you do have choice. Right. It's very helpful to think about these things ahead of time because when you're in the middle of it, mm-hmm. you're probably going to go to knee-jerk reaction that you've been doing for 42 years. Yes, and you you started the call with talking about questions. And one of the questions that I often ask, and when I'm working with my clients, is if you can't think of any question, just ask, what question can I ask here? Right. And that right. actually, that question starts to shift things even without you being aware of what exactly it's doing, right? Yes, that's a very good one. What question can I ask here? And what can I be or do different that would change this? What can I be or do different here that can change this? Now, we're not necessarily talking about changing mom or dad from being blaming or shaming, and I don't mean to make them the bad guys. It's just we got to talk about it somewhat. But you can change your reaction to it. So that if they're like, I can't believe you're behaving that way. It's just, just so horrible. And instead of going, oh, my God, I'm just a piece of crap. I don't know what to do. So, gee, Mom, I'm really sorry you feel that way. I think I'm going to go out for a walk now. Thank you. Or, <laughs> thank you, Mom, for caring so much about me that you're consistently criticizing my behavior. That's really kind of you. Or say nothing. But the point is that if you're aware of these things ahead of time, you can choose, you can ask questions, absolutely ask questions, and choose different responses and behaviors. You are not stuck. You are not the victim of the holidays or of having to give fancy presents or of anybody else's responses to you. So I think that's that's really, really a helpful thing to remember. Absolutely. We are we always have a choice. I mean that's you know, my radio show is called Inspired Choices. My business is called Inspired Choices. It's it's all around choices and, and knowing that we are the ones that can make a choice as to how we choose to be in the world with anyone. Absolutely. And, and maybe choices not to be with them. So yeah. you know, it's it's always important to remember that you are actually creating your own life and living through your choices and you can make another choice every 10 seconds. And you don't have to go home for the holidays. That's a choice, too. Yes. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I have to work right up until I have to work till the night of the 24th and I have to work on the 26th or whatever. You really don't have to go home. And if you're choosing to go home, I've talked with a client who's had really a toxic family situation. She says, I have to go home. I can't live with myself if I don't. I'm like, okay. Then what else could you do here? Question. What if you just went home for a short amount of time? What if you stayed in a hotel? What mm-hmm. if you, you know, agreed? Uh, and, you know, don't be afraid to make up stuff, folks. Please. This is your sanity that's at stake. 
you know, what if you said, ah, yes, I'm coming, but I have to stay in a hotel because I actually have a business meeting in town or I'm meeting an old friend and I won't be available on this evening or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do whatever is going to make it easy for you. Right. Uh, right. And also know that you are making that choice. No one's making you make the choice. Yes, so no one's making the choice, yeah. R- right. And so... And- I want to say one more thing here because I, th- I think, you know, there's all this stuff about holiday traditions and we always do it this way. And I got a call. I was on a Christmas call a couple years ago and this woman said, oh, man, she's a single mom. She had two kids. She said, she said every year we have, you know, I drag my kids into this because we have to have the tree because we always do the tree this way. And we make these cookies and my kids are dragging their heels. And I'm like, okay. What if you chose to do something very different? She's like, well, what are you talking about? I said, first of all, you can choose to celebrate Christmas on a different day. What if you chose to celebrate it on the 27th? And you all just took a spa day on the 25th or something. And what if you get your kids together and have a family meeting and say, okay, guys, how would you like to celebrate the holidays? What would be really fun for you? Okay, what we actually got to is they were going to go on a road trip together. You know, instead of doing all of these traditional things that she was feeling obligated to do to carry on the traditions, which has nothing to do, and this is another holiday thing, of being spontaneous and looking at where you are now and what would be fun for you. And one of the tips, I can't remember which one it is, I think it's eight or nine, well, both of them. One is to find something that you actually like about the holidays and to maximize it. If you like schmaltzy Christmas movies, spend time doing that. Mm-hmm. If you like to go out and look at the lights, make sure you do that. And if you don't like any of it, then don't do that. But find something that's going to nourish and nurture you. Make sure at this time you're getting a massage or a horseback ride right. or you're reading a book that you really like or you're having it with a friend and that's not a trauma-drama lunch. Make sure that you choose activities during the holiday season that actually nurture and nourish you because that will give you the gas, the stamina, the fill you up enough to get through some of the other crap. Brilliant. Well, Marilyn, guess what I like to do during the holidays? You like. I like making snow angels in the snow. And I need a playmate, so I can't wait for you to get here in January because guess what we're going to do? We're make snow angels. <laughs> There's lots of snow up here just waiting for a, a good warm Texan to come up here and play in it. I'm going to have to find some puffy, a puffy coat, I think, and some more boots. Oh, don't worry, Marilyn. We can take care of you if you don't bring any with you. So this has been an amazing call. We've just got a few minutes left before uh, before the call ends. Again, I want to let everybody know where they can connect with Marilyn. Marilyn Bradford on Facebook, of course. You can connect with her there. She has uh, her own business page. You can connect with her on Access Consciousness. You can find her there. Um, Right Recovery for You. You can find her on YouTube, Marilyn Bradford. Or you can just email her, marilynbradford at me.com. And if you would like to connect with me, inspiredchoices.ca is my website and of course Inspired Choices Inc. on Facebook and Twitter lots of different places besides that as well just 
type in Inspired Choices, Inc., and you should be able to find me. And, of course, if you would love to have this complete list, and I can tell you I really appreciated having it this week. I started going over it and really started looking at how I wanted to experience the holidays for myself. I know that it will be a contribution to the listeners, so please email me whether you're listening to the call live or you're listening to it in the podcast at any time. Just put in uh, tips for the holidays in the subject line and email me at christine at inspiredchoices.ca and I will get that out to you immediately. So you can begin to create a holiday that is a contribution to both you and those around you if you so choose to be with them. So Marilyn, just a couple of minutes left. What would you like to leave our holiday listeners with thinking about and choosing? Well, that you can, if you're willing to really be rigorously, brutally honest with yourself about what your holiday experiences have been and what you can expect, then you've got a foundation from which to make choices that are really going to work for you. And it's not about making anybody wrong. It's not about saying, oh, well, my dad is horrible. No, 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 no. It's just like, okay, this is what tends to happen. What would I like this year? So that's the first thing. Please, please, please do things, include things that nourish and nurture you, whether they're your favorite you know, holiday things like, you know, I like making Christmas cookies and I'm going to be, you know, making snow angels with Christine, whether they're those kinds of things or whether it's a different, you know, hobby or interest that you have. If you love taking long walks, do not cut that out no matter how busy you feel you are because we need those ways to nourish us. And please, please, please give yourself the gift of not judging yourself during the season. Remember, this is an incredibly stressful time for people. And a lot of that stress is how you're supposed to do everything. You're supposed to basically four and a half full-time jobs and be happy doing it right. and you know, not make waves and all of that. I'm right. sorry. That's funky nuts. We so, could, you know, Marilyn, we could go on and on. We're going to be cut off. I just want to say thank you so much for your contribution in the world and on the radio show. And I can't wait for you to be with us in January. And for those of you who would like to join us, Go over to inspiredchoices.ca for all the information. Bye for now. Okay, thank you. Thank you. 